Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, everybody. Let's take a look and see what's going on this week on I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. What was it like, um, you know, especially at home when your parents saw that you were like finding love in these things and started, you know, chasing after it, what was that like? Were they supportive? Were they trying to talk you out of it? How did that go? It's so funny. We, I mean, they were, they were always like, you know, it was wrestling was never like, no, no, you're not allowed to watch wrestling. Um, my dad, it was so funny. You asked that. Cause just yesterday, uh, me and Sarah were asking my dad, like, what did you, cause I, I somebody that listened to our podcast found out the, the show, the first show I went to, they figured it out. Mm-hmm. It was in, um, uh, was it January of 87 uh, at the Hammond Civic Center? And they had the whole card and everything. Oh, and I wow. asked my dad and I was like, wow, okay. And we were there and Sarah was like, do you like, what did you like about it? And he's like, nothing really. Like, I just kind <laughs> of like, I don't know, like any memories. No, nah, not really. Like he was just like a parent bringing a kid to a concert yeah. or a movie. And just like, obviously he, could, he can't like sit in the back and I'll sit up front or whatever. But right, like, right. you know, he took me to, you know, a lot of wrestling. That was kind of his, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time together because he worked so much. So it was like. I want to take a minute and thank our newest sponsor and partner, Dubby Energy. And while I'm doing that, I want to ask you a question. Are you like me and trying to find that pick-me-up throughout the day or just trying to find a way to get yourself going when you wake up in the morning? Well, then look no further because I'm about to give you my exclusive code to Dubby Energy. And if you don't know what Dubby Energy is, let me fill you in a little bit. It's a natural energy drink that doesn't have the crash doesn't have the jitters it's keto friendly and it has all the good ingredients that your body needs to help on focus getting energy and keeping going throughout the day and you don't have to worry about the crashes or the jitters at the end of it i've started using it and god almighty do i notice a big difference my focus is where it needs to be my concentration is on point and i am absolutely crushing it in my workouts and it's helping me on those long road trips to wrestling shows too Because, you know, as a traveling world television champion, I'm all over the place. I've got husband responsibilities. I've got dad responsibilities. I've got everything going on, and this stuff helps me get through it all. So if you want to try it for yourself, use my exclusive code, Glenn Hendricks, all one word, and use the link in my show notes below to go check out W Energy and get some for yourself and feel as amazing as I'm feeling right now. And you won't be disappointed. And I know you hear me. Welcome back, everybody. Come on in, sit down, and get comfy. We have got another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast here with me, Flynn Hendricks. Recording this on a manic Monday, and that's putting it lightly, but hey, by the time it comes out, it's Friday, we're almost to the weekend, and this is going to be one that's going to start your weekend right. But before we go any further, I got to ask, is this your first episode, or have you been listening for a while and just haven't subscribed yet? Well, in either case, I think you should probably go back and hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcasting platform, leave that five-star review, and jump into the archives and enjoy the over year's worth of quality content I've got there waiting for you. Teachers, actors, wrestlers, you name it, I've got them there for you. And in this guy's case, fellow Chicago native, fellow improv actor, got that in there for you too, so go check it out. There's something for everybody. 
Go check the links in the show notes. Get some merch. Keep this show going. Support the local Humane Society. Everybody wins there. You tag a picture of me with some merch on. I give you a shout out on the pot. Everybody wins. So you know the deal, guys. We're on all social media platforms. We're on all podcasting platforms. You know the spiel. You know what to do. Go support, and then let's get into it today. I've known about this guy since, gosh, I guess about 2010, 2011, thanks to fellow professional wrestler and, you know, comedian Colt Cabana. This guy has, you know, not only been involved with the Art of Wrestling podcast, he's been a founding member, or he is a founding member of, you know, Comedians You Should Know. He um, has hosted other podcasts like Wrestling with Depression. He hosts his own podcast, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. He's also been involved with one of my personal favorites, Five Dollar Wrestling, where he and Colt Cabana did a Mystery Science Theater 3000 take on really crappy independent wrestling, but made it good. He's also done Worst Promo Ever and Creative Has Nothing For You. This guy is a comedy genius. It is my pleasure to have on the show tonight, Marty DeRosa. Marty, how Thank are you, you man? So much. Of course, awesome, man. Thank you so much. That was that was super sweet. Oh man, not at all. And it trust me, I feel like I didn't do it justice. But man, I'm just excited to chat with you here tonight because, like I said, I've been a fan of yours for over ten years now. And dude, I'm just I'm excited to chat. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. Yes, sir, man. So let's let's jump right into it then. Where, like, take me back to the beginning. Where did all this love of comedy and wrestling start for you? Uh, I don't know. Like I think back with, well, we'll do comedy first. Yeah. Um, I just remember being a kid and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Gen X. So we used to look in the TV guide to see what was coming right, up and right. everything. And I would, I would get that TV guide right away. I'm flipping to all the Saturdays to see if we get a Saturday night's main event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also going through, uh, Saturday, Sunday mornings to make sure there's no wrestling I'm missing or anything like that. Like, I'm just, I know, I know what to check out for wrestling. Then I would also look for the late night talk shows, like especially the Tonight Show, and I would see if they had a comedian guest on. Now, sometimes I would know the comedian, like oh, you know, Andrew Dice Clay or oh, Roseanne or whatever is going to be on, or you know, uh, other you know people in the '90s or whatever. But um, sometimes there would be just like a name, and I'd be like, well, I don't know who this is. So you'd watch, and I'd be just like a singer, and you're like, ah, I just thought it was going to be a comedian. So right. I dug that, and then when when Comedy Central first came out. Uh, just they would play like, clips of stand-up because it was like the cheapest thing for them to sort of mm-hmm. gather up uh, as far as content goes. So I would just watch tons of stand-up. Uh, and I was just kind of, I remember thinking like, well, that's nothing I could ever do. And then honestly, I heard like um, a couple people I knew were doing like open mics. And I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I just kind of, like most comics, like went to an open mic, then didn't do anything for like a year, and then subtly, or slowly but surely, started coming around, and then figuring out just like, oh, you do this all the time, and you, you know, repeat jokes and this and that. Mm-hmm. So, I was on board after that. But then, as far as wrestling goes, um, I was just a little kid flipping channels, and um, I had already liked like Karate Guys and Ninjas oh, and yeah. stuff, and I saw Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and I was like, this is what I like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, just watched any and all wrestling I could. And I just like fell in love with it and just never, ever, you know, a lot of people are like, I took a break there. I stopped watching when I started dating girls or, you know, gotten into college. I'm just like, nah, it's always, if you were my friend growing up, you, you watched wrestling. There was nobody I was friends with who was like, well, I'll sit that out, but I'll come see you guys. It's like, no, no, no. You came to wrestling. Yep. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, it was just like, I just was obsessed with it. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, 
that's so cool too because you know like you've heard so many stories of people that grow out of it then come back to it. It's the most common thing you hear, but everybody's story is unique. But then hearing that you've stayed on it, especially you know like as things have gotten crazy in the world with Monday Night Wars, it goes away. Think people say things get stagnant. Everything that comes along, you know, like it's so cool to hear that you stayed a fan through it all. But what was it like, um, you know, especially at home? When your parents saw that you were like finding love in these things and started, you know, chasing after it, what was that like? Were they supportive? Were they trying to talk you out of it? How did that go? It's so funny. We, I mean, they were, they were always like, you know, it was wrestling was never like, no, no, you're not allowed to watch wrestling. Um, my dad, it was so funny you asked that because just yesterday, uh, me and Sarah were asking my dad, like, what did you, because I, I, somebody that listened to our podcast found out the, the show, the first show I went to, they figured it out. Mm-hmm. It was in, um, uh, was it January of 87 uh, at the Hammond Civic Center? And they had the whole card and everything. Oh, and I wow. asked my dad and I was like, wow, okay. And we were there and Sarah was like, do you like, what did you like about it? And he's like, nothing really. Like, I just kind <laughs> of like, I don't know, like any memories. No, nah, not really. Like he was just like a parent bringing a kid to a concert yeah. or a movie. And just like, obviously he, could, he can't like sit in the back and I'll sit up front or whatever. But right, like, right. you know, he took me to, you know, a lot of wrestling. That was kind of his, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time together because he worked so much. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, my mom would be like, you're taking him to this. And, and you know, a bunch of stuff in um, in Chicago, in Northwest Indiana. And then we went to the Hoosier Dome for, oh yeah, uh, what mania was that? Was it, uh, eight, I think eight, right? yeah, WrestleMania eight. eight. Yep. Yeah, it was Sid and Sid and Hogan. And, um, made him sit through one of the worst WrestleManias ever. I feel so bad. <laughs> I went to two of the worst. I went to 13 also, which oh, besides man. Brett and uh, Austin was pretty, pretty bad. But yeah. um, <laughs> no comment. Or there. <laughs> and then my mom was just like, me and my mom were just the closest. And um, whatever it was, like I remember I was just telling Sarah also like when it was uh, um, like the superpowers figures came out mm-hmm. and I needed the, the Flash. That was the hard one to get. She would go all over the place oh, to find wow. the Flash. And it was the same thing, like with one of my one of my nicest memories I have of my mom was I was trying to find all the um, Galoob WCW figures. Oh yeah, and, uh, and there was twelve of them, and uh, Doom, uh, Brian Pillman. There were some that were harder, you know. Yep. You, every store had Sting, Luger, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson. I felt, but then there was like you start getting down to the end of them, and uh, um, Doom were the last two I got, but the, but before I got Doom, I really need. Barry Windham. I mean, Barry Windham and Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. And I would call Toys R Us all the time. I knew I had the number in yep. the, in the fight. Yeah, the Those page the dog here, the phone book. And I'd be like, listen, I need to, I need to go check for me. And they were just like, okay. And it was, it was around like eight o'clock at night, I think. And I just decided to call kind of whim because I knew they got stuff on Friday, but sometimes yeah. they'd put it out Saturday. So somebody had said, call them late at, later on a Friday, like after dinner. So I called them. I go, hey, do you have these two wrestlers? And they said, yeah, we have one of each. And I said, can you please put it to the side and I will come get it tomorrow. And the guy was like, we can't hold anything overnight. Mm. And I was like, okay, what time do you close? And they're like, 9.30. I said, okay. And I said to my mom, my mom's already like, she's got her pajamas on. She's on the couch <laughs> right, ready to right. fall asleep to like 2020 or something. <laughs> and I just said like, we got to go. We got to go to Toys R Us. They're there and they're not going to hold them. And she was like, oh my God, I'm going to go. I can't believe I'm going to take you to this. But she did. And, uh, yeah, it was just like Mom memories comes like through. that, and all the figures she would buy me. It was just like you know that was that was just part of the part of the addiction. And like I, I would bring figures to school, and I'd have them 
you know, even when I was getting older, I'd like have them hidden in my bag. And oh stuff, yeah. And, and I'm playing all the matches I'm going to do when I got <laughs> home and stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I, I love how much, like how passionate you were about it. And again, that that passion is still going strong to this day. That is so awesome. But when you like, let's go back to comedy for a second here, because when you started comedy, you said you found an open mic and like most other comedians, you, you do it, you stay away for a year and then you come back to it, start getting the reps in. <laughs> What was it like when you started, you know, when you had that first open mic, like, were there a lot of laughs? Was there a lot of nervousness? How did that go? And how did you talk yourself into getting back into it once you did it that first time? So the first mic, um, it went okay. It went okay. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, oh, it's not too bad. And then I remember, you know, I would take these breaks. And what I figured was I really, cause I really wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm like reading like self-help books or something at the time. And they're like, you got to like make a proclamation and you know, really put yourself in a corner almost where you have to, you know, yeah. do this. And I remember like we were all at the bar and I was like, I'll do comedy on, you know, whatever day the open mic was. And my friends are like, we're going. And if you don't go, like, you know, we're going to beat the shit out of you, you know, or just make fun of you so much. <laughs> That's real support. Like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And like, you know, I just kept doing that kind of stuff. And once I really, um, started like talking to people at open mics and other comics and stuff and then getting like the lay of the land and 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 start like forming friendships like i'm still friends with some like a lot of these people Mm -hmm. it's crazy and uh this was at a time where i was like really looking for like something you know and and you know when i I, like found my people like it was just like if if, you know you could go to a bar every night and there's wrestling fans that's how it felt like just being like oh shit this is so awesome yeah that is awesome and how long did it take you after you started to you know, have uh, to want to pursue that full time and make make the career that you've had now out of it. How long did that take to to figure out? Mm, it takes a while. Uh, I honestly, when I um, there was a, a time in my life where I made a, where I moved, I moved back to Chicago from Los Angeles, and uh, I no longer had a job, and I was like, oh shit, I have mm. to figure this out. And then just through enough gigs and through shows and 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 you know Patreon and stuff like that, like I. I was able to, um, you know, book a commercial here and there and be like, Oh, I can't actually do this. This is actually yeah. very workable. So, um, yeah, that was cool, but it took a lot of years. Like, Oh, I absolutely. To, um, I used to teach every once in a while at second city and people would be like, when do you start getting paid? And I was like, Oh no, don't do this. If you want to get paid, you know, it's like for some people it worked out fantastic, but for, right. for most comedians, like you better really love doing it. Uh, you know, I had a friend who has a joke where he's like, uh, uh, something like, you know, you can make a teacher's salary or something like the end of the joke. He's like, I can, I can, you know, go up in front of people without my handshaking and I get paid a teacher's salary to do it or something like that. So it was real interesting, like kind of figuring out and, and been betting on yourself a little bit. Cause, Absolutely. You know, I wanted my old job back and they were like, no. And then I was like, oh shit. Okay. I got to figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. But you know, bills just kept getting paid and stuff. And I, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden they were like, would you like to come back? And I was like, no, I'm actually figuring it out. And uh, you know, commercials help a lot too. With yeah. that. Like it's, I would never recommend anybody like quit your job to become a comedian. If you've never done comedy before that, right. like the worst thing to do, but, um, and also too, from comedy, it's just taught me so many other skills that I've been able to use through the wrestling stuff mm-hmm. or just like acting or, or, you know, absolutely whatever, whatever it's all comedy has been like the best for them. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. 
You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's 100% true, and I kind of did it in reverse where I started with wrestling, then got into improv and, you know, started pursuing acting a little bit more, but one prepares you for the other and then vice versa. I mean, it, it all goes hand in hand, and it does help in everyday situations too. Yeah. But when you're when I, you're oh go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like I remember like my my comedy friends would be like, oh, what'd you do before this? Did you do like improv or acting or whatever? And I was like, uh, backyard wrestling. So kind of a little <laughs> of everything. Like it really right? was like great training. You know, like we would do like sketches and stuff, and it was like it was yeah. really fun. It it teaches you a lot, and people don't really realize that or give it the credit that it deserves. But in a way too, like both sides of the coin will give you a thick skin to you know, overcome rejection or deal with these hardships that you go through. Yeah, absolutely. At what point did you kind of start building up that, I don't want to say build up a callus, but building up that determination when things were getting rough that you were going to make this work and, you know, you couldn't go back to the old job. What was it like to fight that daily funk of just, this is, I'm going to make this work. How did you navigate those waters? Well, that would assume that I've, that I've figured it all out which I haven't right like, I still have those fears I still have those like what are we doing um no I think it was just I just loved performing so much and it's one of these things where um you know I hear it with 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 people in 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 wrestling I'll hear it with people in comedy or people in podcasting or whatever where it's like eventually like the day job just gets in the way yeah you know and it's just like I can't do all the things I want to do if I have to wake up at you know six thirty, seven in the morning work all day get home then, you know, like when I was, you know, younger, that was no problem. You know, yeah, when oh, I was, yeah. you know, 33, I was like, yeah, I'll drink all night, go to work, come home, you know, but it's like, as I get into my forties, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think like, yeah, when the, when the day job starts to get in the way and, you know, um, and, and you realize like, oh, I can, I could do this. Cause I mean, I remember working at my day job being in debt and then being like, how's that possible? Oh, and yeah. then getting real hungry with comedy completely changing like my spending habits and all that stuff. And then I'm barely working. I'm working part-time, but I have more money in the bank than I ever had. So it was like, you know what I mean? It's just like oh, you yeah. learn money management. It just taught me it, it was, that was my grad school. Like going to into comedy was like my, my grad school. It taught me about finances. It taught me about time management. It taught me about, um, you know, focusing on the things I want to focus on and, and oh, not yeah. focusing on other things. It taught me everything. Absolutely. And I mean, because when you're when you're driven on that goal, it puts everything else in perspective where it's either going to help you get to that finish line or it's just weighing you down and you have to make mm-hmm. those changes. And sometimes they're not easy, but it, it's so cool to hear how it all started falling into place to get you to that point. But where in this journey does Colt Cabana come into it? Where does he come into your story? Oh, I, I met Colt. Uh, I had been doing comedy for. Hmm. I would say a little while I had kind of gotten the hang of it and I was, you know, uh, running a, a show and, and starting to work quite a bit. Um, I was still full time at my job. We right. met each other. Um, I had known him through wrestling and then he started kind of, uh, poking around comedy and stuff. So we, we started, started chatting from that. And then, um, then we started doing $5 wrestling pretty quick. Like, <laughs> uh, after meeting each other, it was pretty quick. 
Man, so like with with $5 wrestling cuz that that was a guilty pleasure for me back in college and and several other wrestlers we would get Man. drunk, we would watch that and Freight Train was a personal favorite, but what was what was it like coming into the crazy world of wrestling after doing the backyard wrestling scene, after mm-hmm. doing comedy? Did that kind of like open your eyes to the craziness that goes on behind the curtain or yeah. was that like just a whole new world for you completely? It was. I cuz it was like one of those things where it's like I'd read enough like you know, I'd been on the internet and I'm listening to interviews and, and everything. And I'm kind of figuring, okay, I think I kind of know how, how things go. But then like right. when you see like the first time I was like backstage, like oh. at ring of honor or like me and all these wrestlers are yeah. going back to the hotel and we're all in a van. And I remember like Davey Richards, who I think was the champ at the time was like, everybody be quiet. Who's this in the van with us? Cause I was like the only non wrestler. Yeah. And he's like, is he smart? Like to the business. And they were like, yeah, it's fine relax and it was like ooh, that was interesting you know <laughs> and then and then um yeah just meeting everybody was really interesting and then uh um when we started doing five dollar wrestling like you know figuring that out and then doing like live shows and stuff like yeah it was just it was such a cool learning experience absolutely and then doing like wrestle cons and stuff wrestle cons oh, yeah. that was where i felt like you got immersed in wrestling so much and mm-hmm. it was like that was to me the coolest thing ever because that was the first wrestling convention I ever went to where yep. the same high spots did one in LA. It wasn't WrestleCon. I think it was Rest. I don't know. It was Re- I don't know. I don't, don't want to say the name wrong, but high spots did one in LA by the ho- by the airport. Yep. Uh, and then um, and then the you know with starting with WrestleCons, like I was just like I always wanted to go to them and you see them and you can just walk around any piece of wrestling merch that was ever made. You could find there. Exactly. Any wrestler that's ever wrestled sometimes will be there at some point, you know, mm-hmm. if they're still around. And that was really, that was really cool. And then getting to oh, do yeah. shows and interviewing people like, man, it was so cool. Like we got to do an interview with um, like Tully Blanchard, JJ <sighs> Dillon and animal. And it was like wow. so cool because um, animal was so complimentary to like Tully and Arn yeah. and all those guys. He's like, you guys made us look so good. And he's like, he was, that was the thing. He was like, I wish I, I wish I knew back then, or I was more like grateful back then oh, that those sure. guys were so good and going out of their way to look us. You know, he's like, you just kind of think like, hey, I'm just throwing everyone around. I'm great. And then you realize, Oh, these guys yep. are why I'm great and stuff. So exactly. it was just so cool. It was really cool to hear that, that kind of stuff. Oh man. That's awesome. And that's three of my favorites right there too. That's, mm-hmm. Oh man, that is so cool. But like with the interview specifically too, you mentioned, you know, the Davey Richards scenario in the van there, when you started like getting in on the interviews, especially on art of wrestling, or even mm-hmm. when you started wrestling with depression, did you find it a little bit like, treading the waters talking to these people at first to see if they were going to you know keep kayfabe keep character or if they were going to just be their authentic self i think for the most part it was like everybody you know everybody like likes and respects colt so i just got like that same treatment you know absolutely if you bring somebody to a party they're oh, if you're bringing them they're cool you know exactly and it was it was very much like that where it was just kind of like oh he's his buddy he's cool and then you know when you know everybody it's like you go to a wrestling show and if you talk to the the big guys there, everybody's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to be nice to him. Right, right, right. They're like, oh, he seems to know everybody. So, right. Yeah. So when you started, you know, the podcast at the time, Wrestling with Depression, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you were very vulnerable and you opened up about your struggles. But when you started interviewing your guests and not naming names, anything like that, but Mm -hmm. what was it like when, you know, they maybe dropped something on your show that wasn't public knowledge or talked about a struggle they had and you weren't even aware of that. What was Mm -hmm. that situation like? 
that was, you know, there's still things I think about on that show that people told me that, you know, I've retold the stories like a hundred times because it was such a like, oh, I've never thought of it from that perspective. Or, you know, I never thought about how that would be, you know, to happen to somebody or whatever. So it was like, it was, it was really, I learned a lot from doing it. And um, yeah, sometimes somebody would say something and it was like, Ooh, you know, and sometimes people go, Hey, you got to take that off the air. I can't have that on the, right, on, right. out in the world or something. But no, for the most part though, it was just, it was just really, really, um, really cool. Sometimes people would just like say something and, and sometimes I wouldn't even be aware of it. And then I talked to someone else and they would say, Hey, when so-and-so was on and they talked about this, it yeah. was like, wow. So, and that's the thing too, where it's like, they could have said something that, to me, it was just like, oh, you know, I understand. But to someone else, it was like, oh, wow, that I'm that per that happened. Right. I thought I was the only person that that happened to. So that was like the best. That's like best case scenario. Absolutely, and I think at that time, especially, it it wasn't as you know the the thing to be open about your struggles, your mental health uh-huh. issues. Whereas today, it's a completely different story, and more people are encouraged to do that but i think it's so cool that you kind of you know open the door there to make that possible because that was kind of a front runner and an inspiration for me starting this podcast because oh nice this this is a cathartic way for me to get my stuff out there where i'm not comfortable talking to somebody but you know guests too they're not overnight sensations nobody really pays attention to what goes on behind so it was really nice to hear that you were doing that with these big name guests like a CM Punk mm-hmm. or a Colt Cabana or whoever it may be. And just hearing, you know, it humanized them so that they're not up mm-hmm. on this pedestal we put them on. So it was a, it was a really great concept. And I, I like every time it would come on, I had to subscribe, wake up every Thursday morning, I think is when it dropped, if I remember correctly. Yep. And yep. first one I'd listen to every day, man. I love that show. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very much. That's, that's nice to hear. I Absolutely. Appreciate it. So like with everything you had going on, podcasting, comedy, wrestling, everything, how do you keep that motivation and that drive going? Because, you know, like you mentioned earlier, when work, like a real job tends to get in the way, you don't have mm-hmm. the energy, especially as we get older, you know, mm-hmm. there's not enough hours in the day. So as you've yeah. got all these irons in the fire, how do you keep the, the momentum going and keep the drive going? Uh, that's a good question. It's one of those things where sometimes I'll think about it. And it was like, you know, when you first start comedy, you've got to go to a lot of open mics. you got to do a lot of bad shows, yep. you know, a lot of driving around to bad shows and stuff like that. And, um, I think about it now and I was like, I don't know if I'd want to do that now. If I was, if I had this brain going into it now, would I want to do that or whatever? But, um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I think it's just that thing with me and my, uh, you know, my ADHD Mm -hmm. is I can get like hyper-focused when I'm into something. Right. That's like one of the beautiful things about ADHD. It's just like, when I'm into it, I'm into it and I'm going. And it was that, that thing of like, it might've been, you know, cause I used to work about an hour away and I'd be driving back to the city and I would just be like, so tired. And I'd be like, maybe yeah. I won't go out tonight. Maybe I won't do a show tonight. Maybe I'll cancel a show tonight. And then as soon as I got close, I was just like, no way, you know? And I was smart mm-hmm. too, because I knew that if I got home, maybe I wouldn't go. So I'd always bring my clothes with me. I'm changing in the car or I'm changing before yep. I leave work or whatever. And it was just like, I just kind of knew what my, what, my pitfalls would be of like, Hey, if you go home, you might not leave. Okay. Then we won't go home. Yep. You know, then we'll, then we'll, you know, kill some time at work, then go right to the show or something like that. So, um, that, or like with the podcast where you're just kind of like people expect this out every Thursday or Friday or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. part of their day. And I, sometimes I'll think about it where if like somebody doesn't post a show I want to listen to and I'll be like, yeah, What's going on, man? Where's the show? And I'm like, people think that with our show too, exactly. which is a great compliment. It's really great. 
Um, and, and, uh, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of like, you know, like with, um, with Sarah and I show, like we just did our 316th show and we've never missed a week. Yeah. We've never missed a week. Um, and it's just like, yeah, people just depend on it and, and, uh, appreciate when it's there and, and, you know, with like Patreon and stuff, people are like supporting the show. So you want to like, you know, put out a, a product that you're proud of and that, that, you know, people want to listen to. Absolutely. And that's, that's something I want to talk about too. Tell our listeners more about Marty and Sarah love wrestling, because I know like that's been the big thing you've been doing now. 316 mm-hmm. episodes, you hit the stone cold landmark. Tell me more yeah. about that show. Uh, so it's, it's uh, me and my now fiance. We, we were just friends when we started uh, the show and it's, it's more of like a comedic, uh, take on sort of like the week in wrestling and we do uh characters and and uh impersonations of real wrestlers and um it's just us like we don't really have guests on every once in a while if, some, if, right. if something happens or on our on our patreon we have a a, a eight-year-old boy who is our is our third mike uh, oh, nice. on our patreon show sometimes named noli and he's he's amazing so <laughs> um you know it, but it's just us and we just kind of go through the week a lot of it is uh, I'm just kind of telling Sarah stuff, like old stuff, new stuff. Here's what the internet's saying, you know, and and it's kind of you know uh, her perspective of a you know uh, not a lifelong wrestling fan, but a wrestling fan of the past, you know, right, uh, probably like eight years or something. So mm-hmm. it's like there's stuff that she's just like, why am I supposed to care when someone comes out in AEW and they don't explain it? And I'm like, that's actually a pretty good question, and you know, let me explain who this person is, and yeah. then it's like. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes, makes sense. more sense. So it's really cool. It's different than just like, you know, I'm the same kind of fan as my friend and we both hate this and we both love this. Like it's, it's interesting to get both a, a you know, a, a newer fans perspective, um, uh, but also a female perspective. You know what I mean? There's so many things that I would have just never thought about that we covered on the podcast. That's, that's uh, really fun. And after wrestling with depression, which was a little heavier, I wanted to do something that was really fun. And this has been like the most fun. Oh, absolutely. And I'll make sure I have a link to that in the show notes as mm-hmm. well. So if anybody wants to check it out, which I highly encourage, I'll make it Thank easy you. for you. Just go hit that hit that link in the notes, and there you go. It's been told that it's a good way to get um, like partners who aren't into wrestling yeah. into wrestling. So, you know, if your guy or girl doesn't like wrestling, let us let us on <laughs> in the car, and we'll we'll sort of guide them into it. They'll be like, ah, oh, maybe I will check this out. Absolutely. So next road trip I'm on, I think I know what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> got to make it happen. But man, this has been like a very insightful chat. And I, like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and tell a little bit of your story, talk about what you're doing and how you got involved in all that. So I'm eternally grateful for that. And like I said, after being a fan for so long, this was awesome for me. So thank you again cool. for that. Hey, my pleasure. I appreciate it. And thanks for being a fan for oh, that dude. long. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. You and Colt both, like I said, you got me and a lot of other guys through some some wrestling road trips back in the day. So this this has been an awesome experience, but now hey, you and John Cena, from what I hear, I heard John Cena was a five dollar wrestling fan back in the day. Absolutely. So. Now, if I could just start Good making Cena. the paychecks he does, well, that, that's yeah, a different story. But one day we'll manifest it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
But we're going to flip the script a little bit here now, and I'm going to let you throw some questions my way because I can't have all the fun. Absolutely. So you're involved in comedy. I've got a little bit of my background, wrestling fans, all that fun stuff. So yeah. I'm at your mercy. Whatever questions you want to throw my way, nothing is off limits. Excellent. This is good because I am a I am a, a uh, professional question asker, you know, Perfect. whether it's crowd work or I ask Sarah questions every week uh, or my key. Sarah's Sarah's got some nephews and, and, and just kids in general. I'm good mm-hmm. with kids. And she'll say, how are you so good at kid with kids? And I say, I, I always ask them questions like if a kid's being weird, I'll just be like, what do you like tacos or pizza? What do you like better? And I just start answering, you know, just get them into questions. So yep. I love asking people questions. So I love it. Uh, you'd mentioned that you enjoy five dollar wrestling, which oh, I appreciate. Sure. Uh, and there's no wrong answer here. But uh, if we took freight train out of the equation, who is your favorite five dollar wrestler? Man, and why? And why? Um, and feel free to work it out. I'm, I'm a, I, I love hearing the process. It would, it would have to be freight train. But I mean, again, too. I'm taking him out of the equation. Yeah, though. I mean, you got it. You got it. Yeah, just the promo quality for freight train. Got to give him that. But big Donnie. Yeah. The match he had with Cliff Compton, that was, um, yeah, that was probably, even over Freight Train and Eugene, because again, I'm singing both their praises, but Cliff Compton and Big Donnie, Big Donnie was probably the one for me. I Uh, love it. There's a couple matches that $5 Wrestling had. That's one of them. Uh, Jeff Hart versus Joey Janela. These are all available on uh, High Spots Wrestling Network. Um, Those are two matches that I'm like, I don't know, man. Those were I had that Janela Jeff Hart match was one of my favorite yeah. matches of the year for a little while. I'm like, this is in my top five. Um, but yeah, that that a lot Big of... Donnie, uh, you know, he was the champ for for quite a while. Yep. Uh, he's just an impressive, impressive athlete. Absolutely. Uh, oh yes. And uh, I would I would love uh, you know all these guys. I wish all of them, you know, uh, of course, all the, all the fame and success in the world. Um, now. We're going to change things up a little bit with question number two. Okay. Uh, I love fast food. It's one of my favorite things uh, around. Uh, what is your favorite fast food restaurant? And a uh, uh, follow-up question is, what do you get there? Man, okay. So I- I'm going to have to say it's Taco Bell because whether it's – Very nice, very nice. On the road back from a wrestling show or even yeah. at one point when uh, you know fellow wrestler Seven and I were working at a haunted house, it was the yeah. only thing open. So the go-to was okay. always – a five-layer burrito, two Chipotle chicken melts, and cheesy Fiesta potatoes. But, I mean, like, anything – well, I'm not going to say anything at Taco Bell is good, but those okay. were my go-tos outside of, like, a Crunchwrap Supreme. But those those were always the go-tos. A couple of those items are, are hard. Uh, are you driving or are you just riding shotgun? Um, I'm mainly driving, but I'll wait till I get okay. home if I'm getting the potatoes. Everything else, okay. napkins galore because I know it's going to get yeah. messy. Love it. Uh, okay, question number three. Uh, favorite action movie? Favorite action movie. Um, Man, that is a tough one. Uh, does No Country for Old Men count as an action movie? You know what? I'm going to allow it. Okay, because that's like my number two movie overall, so... I know in some circles they might say it's uh, it's too good to be an action movie, but there's, right. some, there's some action in it. Uh, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. All right. I'll take yeah. it. I will take it. Uh, and uh, what was your favorite old school magazine? Favorite old school magazine, like wrestling specific or no, just no, no, anything no, no, at no. all? I'm just talking, you know, you're you're in high school. You go to the, the grocery store. You're, you're going to grab that and throw it on the uh, on the conveyor belt. Oh, man. Um, and if it was high school, for sure, it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated. 
because that's when I was the fat kid with the mullet trying to grow out the yeah. Shawn Michaels early 90s thing. And just anything wrestling I could get my hands on, I had to have it, whether it was WWE Magazine, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, or anything else, or Flex, Muscle and Fitness that had a wrestler on it. That was it. Yeah. So. Interesting. Did you ever have any subscriptions to anything? Do you remember? Uh, WWE Magazine and then Muscle and Fitness. Mm, okay. Uh, last question. All right. And uh, this is uh, not necessarily uh, the best wrestler, but the coolest wrestler. The coolest wrestler. Oh. The coolest wrestler. One that I've met specifically, or one that just I that captured my attention. Whatever you, whatever you think the coolest wrestler is, that's the answer I want, and then you can explain your 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 reasoning why. Okay, this may this may throw a lot of people off, but I'm gonna have to say uh, the Boogeyman, not Jimmy Valiant, but the actual like Boogeyman eating worms. Marty, and all that. what was his real name? Marty, Marty Wright. Something. Yep. Yeah, there it is. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I actually had to uh, pick him up for a show earlier mm-hmm. this year in the middle of a snowstorm that cleared mm-hmm. out the next day, but this guy Where gets Where does the in, boogeyman live? I think he lives up in, like, Detroit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so he flew into Nashville, and I picked him up, and he's just standing outside the airport, eight-foot staff, WrestleMania, like, leather jacket from WrestleMania 22. Love Sweat. that. That so far, <laughs> yeah. my favorite detail. So, we what pick is it. A leather, what is the leather WrestleMania whatever jacket? What, what WrestleMania do you think it was from? It was 22. It was the one in okay. Chicago. Okay. What? Okay. So, what was the theme of that one? Was that, that was like... that was the one where he wrestled. I think he, he wrestled Booker T in one. Yeah, that was big what? time. That was big time. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, he has so the that. Jacket, I'm, I'm, like, assuming it's, like... All black, but it's got some like neon. Get we're not neon, but like it's got like a light, like blue. some white and red, and you can see yeah. WrestleMania Chicago on the back. It's oh, okay. like he sticks out over everybody else that's waiting out there. Then he, okay. um, we go to like he's got to go to the gas station. He comes out with um, like a can of Pringles and a six pack of Budweiser. Oh, Just completely, okay. completely brothered oh, out. A good brother, yeah, yeah exactly. Then he, he wants to get some food. McDonald's is the only thing open. One McDonald's is lined up out the street, so we go to one closer to my house. He gets it, and he's like, hey, uh, can I get some better fries? These are too soggy. So the woman just slams the window on him and comes back and throws another bag out with, like, these hard-as-rock crisp fries. And he's like, I just wanted some fresh fries. I just asked for fresh fries. And, you know, it's like... He's just completely. Is, is he pretty intimidating? Still, like I would imagine, just without the the the, the face paint, and everything. He's still very intimidating. If you right? if you saw him on the street, yes. But the coolest thing was like when he started talking to me. He like uh you know he called me by my first name, which is Chris, and he just goes, "Brother Chris, man, tell me about you. Tell me what you do. Tell me about very like, cool. like." And he just called me brother every time, and he was just very so laid cool. back, and yeah. it like just complete opposite of what you see on there. And, you know, then, like, we do the show the next day, and he dips out before it's over, but he leaves in full makeup, full get-up, goes back to the hotel where this 90-year-old guy is still working. He actually had somebody else take him back. But, you know, it's like this guy was already getting weird vibes with the staff coming in. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't even know. But he was just complete opposite of what you see on TV, so laid back, and just complete good brother. I love it. That is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Well, and then, of course, I could say Luke Gallows because I did a show with him a few weeks ago, and he was in rare form, we'll say. But, yeah, you know, like just that guy, he's never – there's never a dull moment around him either. Yeah, not to uh, 
not to keep uh, plugging high spots, but uh, if you ever go on there, watch the Cliff Compton Time to Die special. Yes. Oh, uh, where uh, uh, Sex Ferguson is his guest. Oh. And it's basically a, a, a retrospective of, of uh, Sex's career and freight trains in the back kind of just hanging out. It's one of the weirdest, coolest, funnest things I've ever I, I have a hard copy of that. I'm like, I'll never lose this. Man, this is... I can't tell you how many times we watched that back in the day. Good God, yeah. like that. And again, like um, the Jeff Hart match with uh, with Joey Janela, all that stuff, yeah. man, we wore it out. But that's, yeah. I think there was one with Tracy Smothers too, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with Cliff on there. But might have been. I yeah. think Tracy was changing a, in the middle of it, but yeah, that doesn't surprise a, there's me. There's uh, uh, so many, so many lines in there that just crack me up so much. Oh god, yeah, very, very funny. So I'll, I'll throw some high spots links in here too if you guys want to yeah. go check that out. But man, that was a, uh, that was a great question to end on because I actually had to stop and think for a minute. Like, was, is that the best? Yeah, that's the best answer I'm going to get. So that's what I'm going with. So that was fun. Yeah, very cool. Oh man, well, dude, thank you again for your time on here tonight and. Guys, thank you again for tuning in for another episode. I can't believe we're already this far in. The two-year mark is creeping up, guys, and here we are. It's coming fast, and it's going to be a wild ride going into our third year here. This is going to keep going. Things are going to keep getting bigger. We've got more guests coming down the line, so if you don't want to miss out, do what I said at the beginning. Go subscribe, hit that like button, leave a five-star review, and just wake up every Friday morning knowing that this is going to be in your feed. But, man, Marty, thank you again for taking the time here tonight. It means a lot. My pleasure. And, yeah, leave leave a five-star review and then leave a nice review because every once in a while I'll sneak over to, like, iTunes and I'll be like, let's see some reviews. And that yeah. sometimes is, like, the nicest thing ever. So Absolutely. And while you're Help in – them out. Exactly. And while you're in that giving mood, too, go check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. I'm going to have the link in the show notes like I told you, so everybody's going to have easy access to go check it out. But, man, guys – Thank you for tuning in again this week. You know we're going to be back next week with another awesome guest. Things are going to be crazy in the week beforehand, but we'll talk about that on the next episode. But in the meantime, do some good. Do some good for yourself and just enjoy life. Have a great week, and I hope this finds you in a great place next week. So for myself, for Marty, we thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. And I know you hear me. some audio engineering done and you like the way this podcast sounds or the videos on our YouTube channel look then you need to hit up my guy Just Jeff. Trust me this guy does some quality work and you can tell I've got over a hundred episodes worth of reference to show you the kind of work that he does. So if you're needing some engineering done, some editing, a video put together whatever it may be, Just Jeff is your guy. So go ahead and email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com, subject line, Just Jeff Services, and we'll be happy to get you in touch and see what we can do for you. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.